Hey, everybody, we're so excited this year about Collide. We have pastors and church leaders that come in from literally across the nation, and we just take a couple days and pour into you and your staff and the church leaders who want to do some great things for God. Now, we call it Collide because it's the collision between structure and spirit. That's one of the things that we've been dedicated to doing here at Calvary is building a church that has the structure for people to get plugged in, connected, discipled, transformed, and changed changed, but also that beautiful part of the moving of the Holy Spirit. This is a revival house. And we take a couple of days and just pour ourselves into leaders from across the nation. We would love to have you come. So many have joined us through the years and their lives and ministries have been transformed. Now listen, you can come and bring your whole staff. If you bring your entire staff, if there's 10 or more, the cost of registration is reduced by 50%. The more you bring, the more reasonable it gets. But we want you to come. It's going to be a mighty time, February 8th and 9th. I'll be preaching. Bishop Kevin Wallace is going to be with us. And we've got guests that are going to join us. And it's going to be amazing. I hope to see you February 8th and 9th. God bless you. All right, everybody standing for the reading of God's word on the first Sunday of the year, beginning of sacred season. If you're ready, somebody shout, I'm ready. If we have ever needed men and women to stand tall and speak truth, we need that now. If we have ever needed a church to arise and operate with power, we need that church today. We need that kind of power in the church that causes demons to tremble, that dries cancer up and sets drug addicts free. Is there anybody here who wants to see that kind of power in your life this year. When God anoints, he doesn't anoint a building. He doesn't anoint a pew or a seat. He doesn't anoint a stage. He anoints a person. When God empowers, he doesn't empower a facility. He empowers a person. So I'm wondering today, is there anybody in the room ready to be empowered by the Spirit of God this year. I'm declaring that though this is the year of the door and I'll be talking about that this year and I'll talk about that this message, though this is the year of the door and I'm gonna unpack why, the Lord spoke to me and he said, yes, it's the year of the door on the calendar, but it's going to be marked by the watchman. So the Lord spoke to me that this year at Calvary, the theme of this year is rise of the watchman. Y'all, we're not just gonna have a door. We're gonna be careful about what's coming in and what's going out. Can I find anybody ready to be a watchman over your family? Do I have a few mothers that are ready to be a watchman over your children and your grandchildren? Do I have a few men ready to be watchmen? If you're ready to be a watchman, open up your mouth and give God praise. That's what we're gonna be. So I'm looking at Isaiah 62 verse six and seven. It says here, I have set watchmen on your walls. On your what? On your walls, old Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. Come on now and give him no rest until he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem 
of praise in the earth. I wish I could find five people that were ready to be a watchman with Apostle this year. Do I have anybody who wants to rise and be a watchman? If that's you, come on and open your mouth and let the enemy know that there's a watchman on your road. I wanna teach for a few minutes along these lines. Rise of the watchman. We're gonna talk about this year, beginning sacred season. If you're ready, slip up your hands. Father, I'm your servant. I walk in humility before you today. I thank you for choosing me. Lord, the only thing that makes me anything is that your anointing sits on my life and I need you today more than ever. I pray, God, that you will cause me to stand up and preach truth in love. I pray, God, even when I take on hard subjects, that I will have a heart that is soft for you and soft for people. I pray today, God, that you will raise our church up, all of our campuses, all the thousands of people that gather in this family to be watchmen. Lord, watchmen who speak, watchmen who decree, watchmen who warn, watchmen who welcome good things. We love you today. And I praise you, Lord. Lord, I'm not going to give you any rest this year until you make every Calvary campus a praise in their city in Jesus' name. Somebody who loves the Lord. I mean, only if you love him. Only if you need him. If, if you don't need him, just stand there. If you don't love him, be quiet. But if you love him and you need him, and if you've got to have him, and you're ready to be a watchman, give him praise. Before you sit down, Tell everybody on your row, I'm, I'm a watchman. I'm a watchman. Some of you say, I don't know exactly what that is, but I am one. I'm going to unpack that today. I, I, I teach you every year all about the Hebrew perspective of New Year's. And uh, many of you know, I've talked about it just a little bit, that we are in the year 5784 on the Hebrew calendar uh, on our calendar, we've entered into 2024. 2,000 years ago, we went to a Gregorian calendar, but God's calendar stayed the same. God's calendar is the Hebrew calendar. That's God's timeline. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on God's timeline. How many of you want to be on the timeline of the Lord? That's, that's how I want to live my life. And as I said, it's the year 5784. And, and I've taught you through the years, and I'm going to take time and really unpack this next week and the week after. But I've taught you through the years about the importance of numbers in the Bible. God speaks in various ways. He speaks through his word. He speaks through prophets. He'll speak through a preacher. Come on, somebody. Uh, he speaks with a still, small voice. But one of the ways that God speaks in the Bible is through numbers. Numbers are significant. And numbers and letters in the Bible are important in the Hebrew perspective, that is, because they are alphanumeric. That means that the alphabet is also the, the numeric value, that their numbers and their alphabet are one thing. We have an alphabet and then we have a numerical system. But they're also what you've got to understand about uh, Hebrew letters and numbers is that they are pictorial. 
In other words, they look like something and every number or letter means something. And we are in 5784, it's the year of Delet. And the Hebrew word for Delet, precious, is, or for, is Delet. And Delet means door. So 5784 is literally, in God's perspective, the year of the door. In fact, the, the letter or the number looks like a door. Now, everybody gets excited about the door, and so do I. But there's a, some things you got to understand about a door. Doors are for two things. Number one, doors are for coming, and number two, doors are for leaving. So here's what I declare. In the mighty name of Jesus, good things are coming through the door this year. Okay, I got about half of you that believe it. Healing is coming through the door this year. The salvation of somebody's children is coming through the door this year. Victory is coming through the door this year. Joy is coming through the door this year. Power is coming through the door this year. Breakthrough is coming through the door this year. Joy unspeakable and full of glory is coming through the door this year. Drama is going out the door this year. Cancer is going out the door this year. Family demise is going out the door this year. Come on, somebody. Depression is going out the door this year. Attacks of the enemy are being broken or going, going out the door this year. If you're ready for this year of the door, can you thank God that good things will come? and bad things will leave as I position myself to seek his face. Now, the Lord dealt with me strongly that though this year is represented by a door, this year will be defined by the watchman. It is a door, no matter how you look at it, but it's very dangerous to have a door without a watchman. I don't want to just have a door. I want to know what's coming in and I want to know what's going out. Transparently, much of the church in America has been infiltrated by agendas of hell because there should have been watchmen guarding the door and they did not. And in many cases and instances, these so-called watchmen have released good things and allowed good things to leave, even kicking them out. Biblical purity, holiness, standards have left many churches and they've welcomed compromise and contamination and immorality. But I feel like we are rising up now to let the enemy know that we are watching the door and we're not letting the good things leave and we're not letting the bad things in. Maybe I can't preach to everybody, but I will find somebody to reach out to. Is there anybody ready to watch the door with apostle? Come on. I'm concerned about a compromising church. I'm concerned about pastors who are afraid of their people. I've told you for years, I'm, 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 I'm about to turn 60, y'all, this month. I'll be fasting. But I'm going to tell you this. I ain't scared of none of y'all. 
I've been doing this too long to be scared of people. Come on, y'all. And it's time for watchmen to arise. And as much as we need to reach out to the world and we must reach out to the world, we must be careful about allowing the world to reach into the church. Can I say that again? As much as we must reach out to the world, we must be very careful that we don't allow the world to reach into the church. Because if, if, if we have to lower our standards to win the lost and to win the world, have we won the world or has the world won us? We welcome and we desire and we pursue the lost. I'm going to tell you as your leader, I will resist and fight the infiltration and the agendas of hell against your family and against your children and against this house. We must fortify, listen, our spiritual walls and hold some stuff out for the sake of our children, for the sake of our teenagers. There's some stuff that we can't allow in. Now, I'm not talking about building those kind of walls that hold out the struggling or hold out the addicted or hold out the wounded. I don't care what your issue is. I don't care how jacked up you are. I don't care how addicted you are. I don't care how broken you are. I don't care how deep your struggle is. I care, but in this sense, I don't care in the sense that I would ever hold you out. If you are struggling, I want you here. If you are addicted, I want you here. If you're bound up, listen to me. If you're watching this right now and you're bound up, come to church. If you're jacked up, come to church. If you're an alcoholic, come to church. If you're sexually confused, come to church. You have cancer, come to church. Are you broken? Come to church. Are you suicidal? Come to church. Come on, somebody. Whatever you're dealing with, the door is open for you. But I want you to understand something. It's time to refortify the walls in the church, y'all. In ancient times, someone who lived in a walled city felt very blessed because a city in Bible days without walls was very vulnerable to attack and to pillage. The wall stood then as a barrier, a formidable barrier between the people and their enemies. The walls stood as a barrier between what was accepted and what was not. Sadly, and I don't want to stay here long, but many walls have collapsed in the modern day church. And I've come to tell you, precious, as much as I love you, that the goings on in the world should not be the same as the goings on in the church. There were blessings in ancient days when the cities were walled in and kept. The first blessing was the wall. The second blessing was the watchman. And the third blessing was the door or the gate. The watchman in ancient times was relentless. He stood over the walls. He stood on the walls and he watched over the walls and the gates and the doors of their cities. When invading armies and other dangers came into his view, he would sound the alarm. I've come to ask preachers across America and around the world today, what good is a wall without a watchman? What good is a church building without a watchman? 
What good is a sanctuary without a watchman? And if we've ever needed some watchman preachers, we need watchman preachers today. Recently, when Israel was tragically invaded by Hamas, I heard one report that said, had there been true physical watchmen on the walls in Israel, that the plans and agendas of Hamas would have been much less successful or very likely thwarted altogether. But Israel depended on their AI capabilities. They depended on their computers and their technology, but their technology let them down. And I was thinking about that and how much of today's church is now relying on savvy and facilities and technology and screens and sound systems and impressive things. But when it's all said and done, that is not the answer. What will save and protect the church is not our screens, our sound systems, or our state-of-the-art worship facilities. None of this matters without watchmen on the wall. I don't care how nice the building is, if there's not a watchman on the wall. I don't care how great the screens are, if there's not a watchman on the wall. God, give us watchmen. I'm afraid that we've got too many preachers that have become performers and entertainers. And those that are not performers and entertainers, many of them have become political activists rather than preachers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I believe that there is a generation that is rising up in the last days that says, give me a preacher with a backbone that will preach the truth in love and not back down and be a watchman on the wall. What marked the watchman was the watchman loved his city. What marked the watchman was the watchman cared about his city. A real watchman loves you and cares for you. Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, described watchmen. And he said, His watchmen are blind, they are ignorant, they are all dumb dogs, they cannot bark, sleeping and lying down to slumber. They are not watchdogs, they are lap dogs. They are greedy dogs that never have enough. And they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look their own way. Everyone for his own gain, from his own territory. Y'all ain't wanting to help me, but I'm gonna keep right on preaching. Come, one says, I will bring wine and we will fill ourselves with intoxicating drink. And tomorrow, will be as today and much more abundant. But I'm a watchman that's telling you in Jesus' name, tomorrow at Calvary and all of our campus campuses, it's not gonna be like today. Tomorrow, people that are bound up are gonna be broke through. In this next season, people that are wounded are gonna be healed. And we are going to be watchmen. If you're ready for, for a watchman on the wall and you wanna be a watchman, Give the Lord a mighty praise in here right now. 
I need, I need you to hang with me for a minute. How many of you believe that I love you today? Come on, I hadn't been doing this all these years not to love people. I really love you. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, tell somebody right next to you. In fact, I'm, I'm Apostle's favorite. Tell him right there. Say, say, say he, he really loves me. I really do. I really do. And I need you to hang with me for, for a moment or two because I'm about to say some things. It's the weight of the call. It's what I carry. It's my responsibility. The Bible said that his watchmen are blind. We've got so many preachers today that are blind, not just naturally blind, but willfully blind. They're blind to the truth of God's word. They're blind to what's right and wrong. Nobody's ever really saved in their atmospheres. No one's healed or delivered or set free. They are watchmen who do not watch. The Bible said they are dumb dogs and they cannot bark. I don't want a dumb dog preacher. I don't want a dumb dog watcher. Now, now I, I, some of y'all say, be careful, apostle, because somebody's not going to like you if you keep preaching like this. Be careful, apostle. Somebody's going to write you. Somebody's going to inbox you. Somebody's going to email you. Be careful, apostle. Somebody's not going to like you if you keep preaching along these lines. But here's the way I look at it. Out of 8 billion people in the world, somebody's not going to like me, so I'm going to be okay with that. There's a lot of people in the world, and, and, and if you think I'm preaching because I want somebody to like me, you're in the wrong church on the wrong Sunday with the wrong preacher. I'm preaching because I want folks to fall in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. So fasten your seatbelts. Deuteronomy 33, 18 says, these are dogs that cannot bark. It said that these watchmen are dumb dogs. And Deuteronomy 33, 18 uh, describes these dogs as, as dogs. If you want to really know what the Bible is saying, it says that, that they are dogs. And dogs in these days were male prostitutes. That's what they called dogs in the Old Testament, men who sold their body. And the Bible said in Philippians 3, 2, beware of dogs. One's translation said, watch out for the dogs. Isaiah goes on to say that not only are they dogs that cannot bark, they are greedy dogs. They're more about man's gold than God's glory. They're more consumed with making bank than preaching Bible. They have sold the message for money and they modify their ministry to fit the times because they've sold out the social and political agendas. The Bible says these these watchmen are greedy dogs who never have enough. And I want to tell you something. Here's what I see the enemy doing in the church. The devil isn't even hiding anymore. He's not even being under he's not even being undercover anymore. The devil is being so obvious even in the house of the Lord. And it's because we have watchmen preachers who have shut their mouth, who care more about making money than they do making disciples for Christ. They are dumb dogs who cannot bark. And even when they see trouble and judgment coming, they cannot bark because they have sold out. When one bishop in Atlanta would go to another bishop's church, that his, and this bishop that he goes to is married to a man and says, I need to apologize to you for what I have preached against the, the gay agenda in these last years. When that bishop would go 
go there and say something like that. I'm telling you, we are in trouble. And I want you to understand, I say this in love, neither of these men are bishops in the Lord's church and we need to stop pretending like they are. I'm not trying to be political, nor am I trying to be social. I'm talking to white pastors, black pastors, Hispanic pastors. I'm talking to Indian pastors and Asian pastors. Get a backbone and stand up for the people. Stand up for the word of the Lord. I heard my friend say this and I'll reemphasize it. You may be hearing you say, well, Apostle, what are your leanings? Do you lean to the left or you lean to the right? What are your leanings? I don't lean, baby, I stand. I stand on the word of the Lord and I still preach that Bible. Tell somebody in your neighborhood, we don't lean, we stand. But there are many people who are so, they're so in love with their platform and they're so in love with congregations and cash that they cannot speak truth and deliverance. And I want to tell you this, listen preacher, if money can make you talk, it can also keep you quiet. God give us preachers who cannot be bribed God, give us preachers like the old time preachers who can't be bought. God, give us some church mothers again who will speak out. God, give us some leaders who won't barter the Bible. Let me tell you something. If your preacher can't preach truth to you, you don't have a pastor, you have a puppet. If he's afraid of losing your money, he's not a pastor, he's a puppet. Let me tell you something, uh, the, the, these are not preachers, they are pallbearers. And their churches are not sanctuaries, they are cemeteries. These watchmen are afraid to speak up. They wanna walk their own way and I'm, all, I'm gonna move past this, but stay with me. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of watchmen who bind devils on Sundays and sleep with them on Fridays. God have mercy on churches and cities who are cursed with these kinds of watchmen. But I have good news for you. God will always have watchmen who won't bend to the agenda of hell. God will always have watchmen who will stand strong. God will always have a few dogs, come on. There are still some watchmen who are like this old dog. And this old dog ain't afraid to bark. Come on somebody. I'm telling, raw, 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 raw. I am gonna fight for your children. I'm gonna fight for your grandchildren. I am gonna stand in strict opposition to the enemy. And you're gonna feel my love, but you're also gonna hear my warning. You're gonna know that I love you, but you're gonna know that man will warn me. I wouldn't let one of my children that I loved go into a situation where they would be harmed without warning them. This old dog is gonna keep on barking. 
Isaiah said, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give the Lord, give him no rest until he establishes and awakens and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Now, precious, I have felt the resistance. I feel it for you. I feel it because you are assigned into my life and I feel the resistance of the enemy. But let me tell you something. In the mighty name of Jesus, the word of God said that we will give him no rest until he establishes, until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. And I want to tell you something I have made up in my mind that I am giving God no rest this year. I have made up in my mind that I am giving heaven no rest until revival hits us like we've never seen it in our lives. I am giving heaven no rest until your family is restored. I am giving heaven no rest until your children repent. I am giving heaven no rest until situations turn around I am giving heaven no rest are you willing to join with me and say we will give heaven no rest until things change notice the Bible says I have set watchmen on the wall God will always have watchmen on the wall or watchmen on the wall and that's why True God-ordained watchmen, listen now. They don't fear people. They don't feel bored. They don't fear boards. They don't feel they don't fear governments or religious governments. 26 years ago, when I came to Calvary, a small group in a gymnasium voted me in. And as much as I loved them, I made it clear that they didn't set me in my place. They only confirmed what I already knew. And in the end, a true watchman, though he wants to be accountable, though he wants to have his life transparent, a true watchman cannot answer ultimately to boards. It cannot answer to church governments. They must answer to the Lord God himself. And if you're a preacher and you're watching me this morning, let me just say this. If someone who sells real estates or who is a manager at Chick-fil-A knows more about the direction of your church, something is wrong. They need to pastor the church, not you. But there is a generation of preacher that is rising that says, speak, Lord, your servant is hearing. Let me tell you the last time the earth shook, it happened in a, it didn't happen in a boardroom, it happened in the upper room. I'm thankful for the voices that are rising in these last days. Somebody give God praise for some watchmen who will never hold their peace. If you wanna be in a church where we won't hold our peace, until we see our families, our children, and our cities transformed, open up your mouth and give God a mighty praise right now. Now, the Bible said they consistently make mention of the Lord. 
So, so tell somebody in your neighborhood, tell them, say, I'm God's watchman. Mm -hmm. You are God's watchman over your family, over your marriage. See, God's watchmen have a different perspective. They have been uniquely equipped by God to see what others miss because they are seated with the Lord in heavenly places. So these 21 days of prayer and fasting and giving, we're gonna see some things. God's going to show us some things. And God's watchmen are going to intercede. Some of your children may not want your prayer, but they're gonna get it these 21 days. I said some of your children may not want your prayer, but they're about to get it these 21 days. To intercede means to position yourself between two entities and intervene on the behalf of another. And I'm telling you, I believe that there are some mothers who are ready to get between your children in heaven and intercede. There are some fathers who are ready to get between you and your family and intercede. I dare somebody who's ready to intervene and be a watchman. Come on and give God praise like you believe it. Come on. We want a youth pastor that'll get between and intercede. We want young adult ministries. We want campus pastors, but we want mothers and fathers. If that's going to be you, stop right now and let every devil in hell know I'm getting between my children in heaven and I'm interceding. And don't lie to yourself. If Pookie's jacked up, Pookie's jacked up. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Stop making excuses for Pookie. And tell the devil you can't have Pookie, Boo Boo, none of them. Come on, somebody. I've let the devil know you cannot have my family as long as I'm a watchman on the wall. God's watchmen have discernment. They can identify the enemy even when he's disguised himself. Y'all. How many of you have ever had a masquerading devil? Tried to act like they were something they were not. God's watchmen see right through the religion. They see right, listen, as far as preachers go, God has watchmen who see right through the social gospel the agendas that are trying to invade the church, any watchman that would tell you, y'all know that I love you. And if you have family that struggle, I love them too. But any watchman that would tell you that women can marry women and men can marry men, any watchman that would tell you that your gender identification is based not on the organ that you were born with, but how you feel, let me tell you, that's not a watchman on the wall, that is a watchman off the wall. Okay, I still love you, but I'm going to tell the truth. We're now saying that you can't identify the gender of a child, the gender identification of a child. You can't now, you, you, you can't declare that and identify that at birth. The devil is a liar. All these thousands of years, we've been able to do it. And now all of a sudden, we can't do it. But can I get a little bit, can I go on in with you? Can I tell you this? If he has a penis, he's a boy. If she has a vagina, she's a girl. It's very easy. We, we, we're not changed by how we feel. How you feel doesn't change your gender identity. 
You say, well, pastor, I'm just going to go have mine cut off. Well, you can cut off whatever you want to cut off. But when you stand before God, everything he put on you is going to be with you when you get there. Why are you saying that? Because he didn't mess up when he made you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made in the image of God. Where are the watchmen who will speak the truth? I'm not mad at you. I'm warning you. And don't let your desire to fit in political parties change who you are about anything. Remember, we don't lean to the left or the right. We stand on the word of the Lord. Don't get mad and leave. Stay with me because I still love you. Come back next week, I may preach something you like. But I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, y'all, because we got watchmen who can't even recognize devils. See, see and you got to recognize them in your house. You got to recognize him at family reunion. Drinking Kool-Aid and acting like everything's cool. You, you love people, but listen, you are still a watchman on the wall. God's watchman. Now, here, here I've felt a lot of resistance uh, from the enemy in this last season. And Pastor Don touched on it. I've seen guys even my age quitting the ministry. I've seen guys that have built churches like God's helped us to build with thousands of people. They're stepping aside even a little younger than me. One of my closest friends said 2023 was the hardest year of his life. And you don't know how hard it has been for some of us to navigate COVID. Come on, somebody. And elections. It's quiet in here because some of y'all get demon-possessed at election time. Come on now. And I'm just telling you up front, I ain't having that mess this year. Y'all just better act right. I might get right on your Facebook and rebuke you in front of everybody. I ain't scared. We've had to navigate all of this mess and the agendas of hell. And, and many leaders have gotten to a point where, where they, 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 they are stepping aside. But you know what I decided? I ain't quitting. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all stuck with me. Glory to God. But here's, here's two things the enemy's trying to get leaders to do and he's trying to get you to do. And Pastor Don touched on it. He wants us to either quit or compromise. He, he, he is after leaders in the church to quit or compromise. And he would rather have you compromise than quit as a leader because if you compromise as a leader, then everything you cover and everything you speak to is compromised. But, and if he can't get you to compromise, he'll get you to quit. But I am here this morning to ring hell's bells and let devils and demons and agendas of hell know we're not quitting and we're not compromising. We're watching the wall. So I would come to tell you, even if you hadn't seen what you want to see in your family yet, even if you haven't seen the turnarounds that you desire to see yet, I dare you to take your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, holler at them like you holler at your children when they've got on your last nerve. Come on, shake them up and say, neighbor, here's what I de declare. Here's what I declare in 2024. 
I'm not quitting and I'm not compromising. I'm staying on the wall. Come on somebody and give God a praise if you're gonna stay on the wall. Get off the wall if you want to, but I'm staying on the wall. I'm watching for my children, I'm staying on the wall. And listen to this, I'm full time. Anybody gonna be full time on the wall? Here's the deal, a part time watchman will never defeat a full time devil. So if you're gonna be a full time watchman, one, two, three, give God a praise right now, give God a praise. Come on, if this preaching's all right, give God a praise right now. Now, I was, six months ago, I was in uh, Croatia. You, many of you know that I fly so much that I bank a lot of miles because I'm always preaching somewhere, so I have this big bank of miles, and I always cash in my miles and go somewhere, and we went to Croatia, and it was really beautiful. But... Uh, as we cashed those miles in and flew in, it was, it was something to see. And one of the cities that we went to was a city called Dubrovnik. And Dubrovnik is one of the most amazing cities that I have ever seen in my entire life. Now, as I was in Dubrovnik, this was been the very first part of June, the Lord began to deal with me. We took a tour of Dubrovnik, and Dubrovnik is an amazing walled city. It's right on the coast. It is breathtakingly beautiful. But these walls have been in place, many of them, since the Middle Ages. And Dubrovnik was something. It was a phenomenal city. It's strategically located in Europe, and it's, it's located along important trade routes. So I'm hearing this in the tour. There's a historian giving us a tour of the city. It has a world-class harbor, and it was one of the most desired cities in all of Europe. And it had walls, and still does, that stood up to 88 feet high and 20 feet wide. And throughout the Middle Ages, in spite of the fact that it was so desired and so beautiful and so important as far as the trade routes go, in, in all the years of the Middle Ages, in nine total centuries, the city never one time failed. They never one time had a breach of the walls. They never one time had an enemy come into the city to, to prolificate warfare. And some of the things that I found out, I'm with this historian and God has given me revelation. The historian begins to speak and she said one of the things that happened was that Dubrovnik had more churches in it than any other city in Europe. That everywhere you turned, there were churches in Dubrovnik and that the people, their enemies, were afraid of attacking them because of the presence of the church that was in Dubrovnik. Y'all ain't helping me yet. They would not attack Dubrovnik because they could not attack the city without affecting the church. And the church literally protected the city and kept the enemies at bay. I've come to tell you in the mighty name of Jesus that God is going to raise up churches in our cities that protect our cities again. And agendas that the devil has in Daytona and Ormond Beach and Palm Coats and New Smyrna and Orlando and Panama City, I gotta let the devil know there's a church there that's gonna protect the city. 
Then there was a church, an ancient church that they had built there. And the name of the church was Salvation. And that church is eight or nine hundred years old. There's been fires there, earthquakes there, floods there. But that church never burned up. It never broke down. It stayed strong. It stood through it all. It never was affected one time. And the people started running into salvation. Every time there was a disaster, they ran into salvation. And everybody who made it to salvation, though the enemy fought, though the war raged on the outside, though things came against them, though the elements were, were raging, though the earthquakes came, though the fire tried to come, everybody in salvation was protected. I wonder if there's anybody in 2024 you're going to be in salvation. Somebody give God praise if you're entering into salvation this year. In nine centuries the city never failed. You say why apostle? Because they had watchmen on the walls. Now watch, the walls were built around like so. And then over here, there was a fort. And the fort could see the whole harbor and the sea. And there was a watchman who sat on the wall in the fort. And in nine centuries, the city never failed. You say, why? Because there was not one watchman in nine centuries Whoever betrayed the city. Because every time that he got up and he walked into the fort or he had slept there and woke up at a main place in the fort were these words chiseled in granite. No amount of gold in the world is worth your honor. And I wanna tell some preachers no amount of gold in the world is worth your honor. Stand strong and preach truth. You've got some people in your church who are ready to hear it. If you're ready to be a watchman, open up your mouth and give God praise. Now, I'm gonna go to the very end of my message. So remember, we're watchmen, right? So, so we stand on the wall. I was gonna stand in a chair, but my wife would freak out. Cause she thinks I would fall out of that chair. And if I fell, it would be the Holy Ghost, come on. But we're gonna have watchmen on the wall and we're gonna watch the door. Come on somebody. And we're gonna take a, 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 an evaluation of what goes in and what comes out. So the first thing I wanna say is this. And, and if you can declare this, I want you to shout with me, not on my watch. Somebody say, not on my watch. Push somebody next to you and say, not on my watch. Now remember, doors and gates are for coming in and they're leaving and for leaving. So here's the deal. Compromising preachers, preaching a half-truth half gospel and watering down the word. Somebody shout it right now. Ignoring the unborn, the orphan, the widow, and the most vulnerable in the church and in the world. Racism in the church in any form. 
Where are y'all at? I wish I could find somebody that was ready to guard the wall. The anti-Semitic agenda not standing with God's people. Somebody say. Allowing the LGBTQ plus agenda to infiltrate churches and schools. But the watchman, though he held stuff out, he welcomed things in. So get on your feet right now. Where are my musicians at? Has the rapture taken place? Come on. Get on your feet right now. Are you ready to welcome some things? Healing and miracles. Okay, here's what we're gonna say. Come on in. Are you ready? Healing and miracles. Give God a praise. Family restoration and household salvation. Give God a praise and say welcome. Come on out there, somebody. That's welcome and breakthrough for your children. One, two, three, give God a shout of praise. Tell, get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor. Say, give me 30 seconds to give God praise. He's moving in my family in 2024. Come on in. 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 Are you ready? Deliverance. Now stop and give God praise. Come on, addiction is breaking. Agendas of hell are breaking. Are you ready for this? Joy and freedom. Come on in. Wait, go back to joy. Y'all are going too fast. Go back to joy. If you're ready for joy, one, two, three, give God praise. Somebody say, come on in. Oh, now give God praise like you believe it. Now freedom. If this year you're not gonna be bound up, jacked up, depressed, or discouraged, are you ready to say, come on in? One, two, three. Give God a shout. Are you ready? Awakening. In the next generation, our babies baptized, our children sanctified. Somebody said three words, come on in, one, two, three. Now give God praise, you watchman, mama. Give God a shout, you watchman, daddy. Now here it is. Revival. I'm gonna give you another chance. Revival. Now give God a radical praise. somebody and say this year revival this year this year this year
Oh my God, who's ready to open the door for all the good things God wants? If that's you, shout, come on in! You go ahead, Tay. Go ahead. That's a mama right there. I want some mamas who are declaring that the devil can't have your children. Y'all ready? Get out of the aisle and dance a little bit. Go. One, two, three. Come on.
shout, shout without no music, without a drum, without a piano. Come on. Come on. Come on, watchman. You're a watchman on the wall. Make an announcement with your praise. Make an announcement right now with your praise. Come on and shout unto God. said I'm bringing victory this year. God said you need to fast, you need to pray, you need to put yourself in line with breakthrough. This is your year. Tell everybody in your neighborhood this is my year. Maybe I've been a watchman off the wall, but I'm gonna now be a watchman on the wall. You know, I have, I have preachers that watch us from across the nation and I'm getting ready to do um, Collide in February. Those of you that feel called and drawn to the ministry, you can register as well. And we'll have pastors coming in from across the nation. And there are so many pastors that have felt the need to buckle and be afraid. But I'm just releasing over my brothers, my, my white, my black, my Hispanic, my brown brothers. We are all in this together. And I love you, Bishop. I love you, Pastor, Apostle, Prophet, Teacher. And I'm releasing over you a love for people that's so real that when you preach hard things, they feel it. So I bless you, sir. And I speak a breaker's anointing over you this year. I want you to be a watchman on the wall for your family. Look at me now. Nobody run, nobody leave. I know we went a little bit over time, but did y'all see how long Pastor Dawn was preaching in between this week? <laughs> but I mean... We'll watch a football game when we're cool if it goes into overtime. We'll sit in a three-hour movie and love every minute of it. There are things that God wants to break off of your life. Who needs some stuff broken this year? Wave at me, huh? I'm, okay, I'm gonna wave up. We're, okay, let's wave up all of our hands right here there are some things that I want to see broken. And there are some things that won't shift as much as I love you. 
I wish that I had the capacity. Those of you that's been with me a long time, you know this is true. I wish I had the capacity to fast for you and, 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 and pray for you for your breakthrough. And I can collectively see God move in your life. But there are some fights that won't be won until you get in it. And you say, well, Apostle, I don't know about 21 days. I don't know about fasting, praying, and giving. I don't know about that. Uh, fasting 21 days, can I say something to you in love? In 21 days, we have never had anyone starve to death. I need you to come. They're on day 15. We just, it looks like they're not going to, no. I want you to, I want you to do this. You say, well, apostle, I don't know if I can Daniel fast. It's hard. No, childbirth is hard. Not eating meat is easy. I don't know if I can do this. Fasting lunch? I don't know if I can do this. Trust me. You can do it. What are we doing? We're putting God first. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So as we fast this year, we're putting God first. So we're going to fast. If you can come with me tomorrow at noon, I'm gonna be right here. Even if you can only come for 30 minutes of it, you can't come for the whole hour. Come and let's pray together. If you can't come, you find you a place and you pray, go to your car, put on worship music. If you can't come, find you a place and, and go after God. And the third thing we're going to do, we're going to sow our sacred season seed. We do it every year. This last year, you saw what our sacred season seed did. We told you that we were going to help children be adopted and we were going to help foster care ministry. And we gave way over $125,000 so far to that. If we tell you we're going to build a church, we build a church. If we tell you we're going to support a missionary, we support a missionary. If we tell you we're going to start a campus, we start a campus. Because we're going to stand before God. Come on, somebody. So it's praying, fasting, and giving. And the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that a three-stranded cord is not easily broken or quickly broken. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him and a three-stranded cord. So we're going to take this 21 days, praying, fasting, and giving. On Sacred Sunday, the last Sunday of this month, it's going to be so powerful. If you have ever been in a Sacred Sunday service, there is nothing in the world to compare. The absolute oil of the Holy Spirit flows in this place, and we declare what is sacred unto God. Our families are sacred. Our worship is sacred. The Word of God is sacred. 
And we begin to declare and pray into these things. And it positions our year to be a year of amazing breakthrough. Some of you who would be honest with me and you would say, Apostle, you're not alone. I have felt resistance in this last season. Wave at me right now. I believe that that is the majority of this house. In fact, I would say 90%. We are going to fast and pray our way into breakthrough. If it's you, I want it. I need it. If it's you, pour it out on me. Oh, Jesus, if it's you, I want it. Raise your hand and sing it. Every dad, raise your hand and sing it over your family. coming up to an altar worker and asking them to pray with me. 
I'm going to be in the back, and if you're my special guest, I want to meet you. Now, I know I said some intense things today, but how many of you still believe how much I love you? You know that that apostle loves you. You're precious to me. You really are. Hold your hands up. Listen, look at me. I believe in you. I believe in you so much that I believe God has great things in store for you this year. And I'm doing my very best as your leader, to many of you as, as a father in the Lord to you, I'm doing my best to help you get in position for everything God has for you this year. Don't miss a single service. You, you, be, you be in church next Sunday. If you can come and pray with me, pray with me and start the fast tonight. I'm going to pray over you. Father, I declare that these people who are raising their hands, they are watchmen. I declare that these mothers and dads, these young people, they are watchmen on the walls. And I declare, Lord, we will give you no rest until we see every breakthrough you promised. I speak into 2024, and I declare that this is the year of the door. And we watch the door. We watch the gate. Devil, there are agendas that you have against my family. Tell the enemy right now, you can't come in. You can't come in. But every good thing, God, that you have, I open the door and I welcome it in. I bless you. If you're ready to be a watchman this year, open up your mouth and give God praise. All right. If you want prayer, come forward. If not, I'll see you this week or next Sunday. I love you so much. Thanks for watching the message. I'm sure this spoke to you. Here's what I want you to do. Why don't you subscribe to this YouTube channel? That way, every time there's a new message, you'll get to hear it. Also, many of you have watched this. Some of you watch on a regular basis. Why not take time and sow? You can give at calvaryfl.com. You can give on your phones, and you can be a part of helping us take this message around the world, the message of hope the message of Jesus Christ. Can't wait to see you back here real soon.